Hi everybody, Kyle Churnside here, Signal to Noise podcast, episode 199. I don't know if you're ready. I don't know if you're ready. I mean, we're already ready because we we did the, the 200th episode a few weeks ago. Shh, oh. shh, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil the magic. Oh, okay. The magic, the magic <laughs> will come alive. It's going to be great. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Once again, I want to really just shout out everybody who's been on the show, everyone who's listened to the show, everyone who's been a part of the Facebook group, the Discord. It's more than we've ever imagined. This is crazy that um, this stuff is like, uh, it's it's almost like barreled into this this monster, this machine of audio humans just doing our thing. And uh we're we're glad to be a part of it. We really are. And I think uh episode two hundred has been a real um milestone and been an eye opener for us. So thank you for listening. Tonight, Chris, I know we have we have amazing sponsors that help us out, Pro Sound Web, Live Sound International, uh Alan Heath, Heath, RCF. Great sponsors that have been backing us from the beginning or, or from, you know, a last year or whatever. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh things are rolling good. Uh and so I'm excited about tonight because we have been trying to schedule this uh, for, I don't know, six months at least, I think. Um, so tonight we got uh, Lauren White, who um, currently does work with uh, Lionel Richie, is a modern engineer, but has I've other work as, yeah, yeah, um, other work with uh, TLC, Mariah. Got a few tunes out. Yeah, come Mariah Carey. <laughs> Pitbull, Sean Paul, uh, Latin Grammys, um, uh, Waves uh, beta tester. We probably shouldn't get into that tonight, given the time frame. <laughs> nah. I had, I, had, I had to make a joke out of it. Uh, uh, and if you're living under a bird of flack, dude, you're missing yeah, some. I mean, you're missing some biggins, like some legends. Oh, I, I was trying to read the list. It's it's a couple fourteen pages long, you know. So it's, Andy's uh, on the side of the snake where they could actually throw stuff at him. Most of the time, I yeah, see. That's right. That's right. Um, so anyway, uh, Lauren, welcome. I'm glad we finally found the night. Uh, and I'll just throw a disclaimer because I don't know how this is going to turn out. It is a little noisy on your end, but hey, that's life. And I'll take and again my apologies. I'll take the time in. Yeah. We, you know, we literally the, the email chain that I replied to you for the link for this tonight was from August of last year, and that was when we had actually landed on the date after having talked for months of trying to find the date. So you're not an easy person to track down. <laughs> No, and again, listen, thank you guys. I, I greatly appreciate one, just the, the, the shout out, the reach out. And, and again, yeah, it's, it's been bananas as far as schedule is concerned because of, you know, the uh, aforementioned current boss, uh, you know, uh, we get a lot of one-offs and last minute things, you know, because the guy's just so in demand. So outside of the residency and the other things in the tours that are coming up um, later this year, uh, we just get one-offs like crazy. I mean, he was. We did a we did a show up in Boca just a couple of weeks ago, and on the way to Boca, 
the booker, I, I guess, was in the car with him or something like that. And then they booked another show on the way there <laughs> for like two weeks later. How convenient. So we were like right back. Yeah, exactly. But that's but that's that guy, you know what I mean? The fact that he can do, you know, basically anything, you know, scaled up, scaled down. And again, you know, tune after tune. I'll, I'll, I'll say my wife and I, uh, the Guilty Pleasure TV show that I have is American Idol. I know a lot of people are going to give me shit for that. I don't care. Um, I will say what Lionel, ha- a lot between Lionel, Katy Perry, and Luke Bryan have actually brought to American Idol, I think they've completely changed I agree. Uh, 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 the dynamic of it. Um, and they actually bring r- real critique, uh, and the talent's been insane. So um, at least I-, I-, I imagine that that has to have um, – Obviously, without American Idol, Lionel Richie can do whatever the hell he wants right, because of what he's done. But I, I have a feeling it has to have resurfaced and given him more exposure and, 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 and more life there for sure. Oh, you're on mute. I appreciate you trying to mute for the background noise, but you're on mute. <laughs> My bad. It's all good. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I'm new to this thing. Um, I, I don't even keep my console muted. <laughs> and there's a reason there's a reason for that. Okay, as a monitor guy. Yes, I'm as with a you. monitor engineer, monitor engineer, uh, because of my techs, you know, they're constantly working and stuff like that. So once I'm up and running, that's when I we, we you know, hand out ears and then I just tell them I don't keep my console muted. That way you guys could work. No one's screaming and looking for me. Yep. I know how to lock it, you know what I mean, and make it look like it's locked and everything. So, you know, I could I could deal with that. That way that you know Again, we're, we're all a cohesive unit. But going back to him, so he looks in the audience now. You know, he sees the normal fans, and then he'll see these young people. And I mean young, like nine years old, 14 years yep. old, you know. And he goes, those are my American Idol fans. Yep. You know, and he goes, I have a longer career. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? And it's it's just it's just fantastic to, to have that interaction. And you, you watch, you know, the, the the young you know teenagers and, and minors and the, and they're singing the songs. I mean they know yeah. word for word, tune after tune. Even the tunes they probably shouldn't be. Known. That's that's good parenting. <laughs> that's good parenting is what that is. Oh yeah, no, exactly, exactly. There was a there was a a young man that came to a show uh, back in Vegas. I think it was the end of last year. And I mean, he had lino jacket on, you know, oh, yeah. a little glitter, and yeah, you know, oh, man. It, 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 we were all just cracking up. We love it, you know what I mean? Because again, you know, as long as that that that, that gentleman wants to sing and uh, can continue to bring those songs, you know, we 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 have a gig, you know. So, so as long as he's happy with what we're doing. So with Lionel Richie, how long have you been in that seat with him? So. Let's talk about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's over. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I literally flew out to Reno from Miami. I live in Miami now. And I flew out to uh, Reno to do my last TO, which, which I didn't know was, but it was my, it was my last TLC show. And I went because I did have a mask and there was this thing going on. You know what I mean? I have a mask from uh, the last time I was in China, just in my backpack. And they were talking about it. And I said, okay, you know what? I don't know what this is. I'm going to put my mask on. So I flew out to Reno with my mask on. One of like four, maybe three, three people on the plane that went to Reno. Did TLC, flew to Vegas, started with Lionel. We, we did a you know load in, sound check kind of thing, came to sound check. We did a show and uh, we had 
it was, that was a Wednesday when we did the show. And um, Thursday, it was either going to be an off day or if he was wanted to work on something, he was going to you know call us in or whatever. And then we were going to come back Friday and Saturday and then we had a couple more shows. And uh, we heard Thursday, he was like, no, he said he was, he was good, you know. So we uh, talked to my tech and uh, he was off to go get some, some, some groceries or something like that. And, uh, and the next like 20 minutes later, he's calling me back again. I'm like, why is he calling me back? He should be heading to there. And he said, hey, guess what? Um, basically, you know, between Live Nation and everyone else, they're going to pull the plug on everything. And uh, so we're going to load out tomorrow. Weird. And then we'll see when we get home. And so um, my camp tried to get us. Uh, I think it, I took a red eye home Saturday night. I landed back in Miami Sunday morning, March 14th at yeah. like 7 a.m. So I did that one show and he was happy enough to where we came back and started opening up. I still got the call. So there you go. That's crazy. That's Had that one answer. show not happened, you might not have the gig, right? I mean, that's what's. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And thank goodness for virtual sound checking and, you know, tracking because I. I literally just uh, I took those files home and I just learned them and mixed and mixed and mixed and, you know, messed around and thankful to uh, the guys at uh, Digico and getting me a console, a couple consoles, actually. They kind of rotated a few in and out of the house and, and, and in the garage and in the studio and everything. And yeah, it was, you know, sat with Clang, sat with like kind of because I do you know, do both seats at times, front of house and monitors. I, I approached it as a front of house engineer because at one point I got a call to fill in for our front of house guy because uh, he had an ailment or something like that. And that's before I joined. And then uh, I approached it back as, as a monitor engineer the gig I had. So. Are that's you awesome. actively using Clang now? I was going to say, what are your thoughts on mixing that spatially? Because I had the pleasure of it. working on some shows this year and te- getting to tech when we were using Clang. So I, it, it's I have I have it in my console right now because I integrated a few other things. I didn't bring that on board yet, and um, it's one of those things where. Uh, I did utilize it with another artist, and and they loved it. But again, we got a chance to sit and do some stuff. And, and, that's and, not something uh, you just drop. Hey, we'll it, try this today. You know, like that's a yeah, metho- that's a, no, that's a methodical. Yeah, no. and for 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 those who don't know, I don't want to be anybody behind. Clang yeah. is uh, in the monitor world the equivalent to and people are going to shoot me for saying this the Dolby Atmos, right? So it's it's spatial audio. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah, I, I know I'm I just for for people who don't know, yeah, I, that's the easiest thing I could attribute it to, where it's not just things left into the sound field. It's, it's not just object, left right. It's object based mixing. Yes. For Sorry, around your friends head for that 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 assimilation, but let's just call it what it is. Anyway, good. no, it's and it's all, cool. All, all, all the above. <laughs> so. it, it is cool. Listen, it, it, it can you know definitely uh, when you talk about a a dense mix of a band and and a lot of information and. Uh, you know, bands, especially bands with tracks and like a full band. Say, mm-hmm. I'll just mention like Pitbull. Pitbull's got a combination of, of, of it all, you know. 
full band and, and they're amazing musicians and they you know again he's got some stuff that's uh that's you know clearly a uh, you know dj kind of thing on, on there and um you know uh you sometimes need to kind of just move some of that other places if you can to uh you know, uh, clear it out. And, and, um, that's one thing playing is sonically really good for it. But again, you can't just throw that on anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I have been doing again, cause we've been doing the residency. So we focus on that. We've kind of gotten to this point where we, we, used to load in like two days and then have a sound check and things like that. Now we're kind of like do it one day with a sound check and eliminating it. So my time is just to focus on, on those key things, but I do have a mix uh, in my desk that I've been kind of working on, you know, kind of thing. And, and I, my plan is maybe introduced us to first of all, like either the bass player or the ND that's, you know, got a lot going on, a lot of, pressure a lot of presence and stuff like that and then just go hey guys check this out something you know you you, you'd be interested um you know and going forward you know with him you know because he's not one for for sound checking um you know it's just getting into his i had to get into his headspace real quick you know and and again just you know that additional uh time just all the parts and pieces and kind of go, okay, this is what's here and here and things like that. And uh, knowing how, seeing that first time, okay, let me let me back up. My first introductory to, to the Lionel camp was me on tour with Mariah Carey. So I was at front of house. And so I just sat and watched, you know, what was going on, how things were going. Because another friend, a couple friends of mine were already in the campus, modern engineers and stuff like that. And I'm just watching what's going on stage, you know, reach out. Hey, what, so what are you doing? And what does it sound like? And so uh, when they were in Vegas, I went to go see them. And I actually sat and listened. Because I, clearly I've heard the front of house mix, uh, you know, a bunch of times. But I went and sat and, and sat and, and uh, listened to Lionel's mix like a couple years prior, you know. And... Uh, so understanding how his dynamic with the audience is, I knew I had to kind of like add a couple more ambient mics because I just want to have, have those zones. So it's kind of like immersive, almost like what I'm doing with the microphone. So I'm just, you know, he walks stage, stage right. That's the one I'm pushing. You know, it's, it's that, you know, walk center, then I'm, I'm leaning there. But he walks, but I got a couple across the stage and, you know, kind of feel out, you know, uh, where I could put things at, at, at different times. You know, Vegas is because we've got a routine going down. So the way I've got those uh, laid out is pretty cool. Um, and he just, I mean, he loves that. Just be able to not have to pull his ears out and, and have that instant feedback. Because, I mean, he's communicating. That's what the, the thing we love the most. I mean, we love the songs. But, you know, we, we, we hear him every night, right? So, but we still love him. Uh, but his communication with that audience and and that's what just makes the show. If someone comes and they go, like I said, there's, there's, there's a kid in the audience and he's got the Lionel jacket or there's a super fan that's got multiple tattoos of Lionel's face. So it, <laughs> it just becomes a thing, right? So, but he's having these conversations with these people. And it's it's just classic. We're all just like backstage, the band's cracking up, and, and it just it just makes it you know exciting. And it's exciting to see that he still enjoys that too. So 
sitting there, how do you believe his ears are as a 73-year-old performer? Careful. Is he is he awesome? I mean, I'm sure he knows every part, every everything. Every listen, listen. He still shocks me because again, we we do one off sometimes, right? So maybe we did a one off last month, and um, because he's he, the, the, you know the guy's just so busy, so he'll come in, you know, maybe you know half an hour sometimes before a show, or, you know. We get him in earlier, great. You know, he gets, gets, gets warmed up. And when I go back to hear him up, we have a conversation about something that was very minor, you know, yeah. and he goes, hey, I love that part there. And yeah, do more of that right there. And, you know, and, and man. He's on it. You, he's on it. He is on it, you know, to where it's like, it, you know, the, the, the finite move of just the volume you know, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So first you know, fanboy so. question, do you ever just close your mm-hmm. eyes and listen? <laughs> of course. Of course. L- listen, um, amongst other music, it, 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 growing up, the Commodores oh, was one yeah. of those things. I, I, re- I remember, you know, my, my stepdad playing, you know, just rocking it out, you know. And, and so it's like it brings me back to this moment in the house like i really know where i am in the house that's awesome and, and yes. seeing yes. and seeing the album yes like across the room propped up smell the carpet on, shag on carpet the right like yes <laughs> why, why do you think i had shag because <laughs> wow. everybody did i lived i'm just, in, going, for, I'm just going for time period i'm just going for time period no. it's, it was a velvet couch oh, okay it All right. did it have the plat <laughs> they had the plastic over it or was that <laughs> no 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 we were we were Luckily, we were not that family. <laughs> My Argentinian friend, his parents had the plastic know, on everything. I know those. Guys. Oh man, I know. Listen, I had neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, uh, even in your roster, there's don't, there's a couple other little rip that. Motown. <laughs> like I said, Roberta Flack, and like yeah. the Motown stuff just hits different. Mm. And like you said, big band and yeah. track. So I'm sure there's so much going on. That's why I wanted to ask about his ears and his response because. Yeah. That's that's his creativity. And be, and I always think like people hated residencies for a long time. And then yeah. um, I don't know. It's just like this fine tuned machine after a while. Maybe it gets a little bit boring. It doesn't have the excitement of doing like a tour or show after show. But that right. that moment when you could just close your eyes and picture that record player when you were a kid that who cares i'll eat at the commissary at the hard rock <laughs> for a month because i just got to listen to lionel richie sing to me in my ears yeah, yeah. i i'm I, again uh you know when i was out out front at uh with, with mariah and and you know just would pack all my stuff and i just sit there and just listen to it and just you just you know it's just hit after hit and it's like you, you think you've forgotten those songs nope. and next thing you know you're you're singing along with them, you know. You're just singing along. You know all the words, and you're just you're just hitting those marks, right? So to then turn around and, and you know and, and be you know working with that gentleman, you know, it's like you know again we go backstage, we're staring at each other, and you're, hey, you're like, hey, you know, it's 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 very comical, you know. Uh, so so the other flip side of that uh, that I mentioned, my stepdad was so close. It's close. I was close to my my, my dad as well. Hey, uh, but my stepdad's name is Lionel. Mm. One of my brother's names is Lionel. Yeah. Wow. So here's a whole another, wow, another thing. 
And, and, and so everybody kept asking, have you told them yet? I'm like, listen, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> There'll be a time. I said, I'm trying to get this kid on stage to do his thing. You know, we'll find the time to have that conversation. And, and actually we did it. And he goes, what? <laughs> Are we in the twilight zone right now? And I just, okay, <laughs> time to go. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting. I mean, it's funny. You, I mean, you bring up Roberta Flack and, and just the whole kind of Motown thing. I did not perceive myself in in this lane of music because I mean, from the the bands I was in into the first tour I was on was you know punk rock and metal. I they, I had questions. I, I talked to Chris today earlier. Yeah. I had questions. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Machine Head, right in the heyday, yeah. and you were TM in yeah. front house. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. yeah. I probably saw you yeah. mix a show. <laughs> yeah, it was. There was some great days and then some some interesting days. Let's talk about the interesting days. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's just say when you're the TM and you're just trying to keep the bus driver. Awake for the you next know, city. Happy. Well, not awake on the gig. <laughs> Just on the gig. <laughs> Just not to dump us out in the middle of Texas, you know. Um, and and that was not a band thing. It was it was some uh, some other people that were with us, you know. Um, just just some silliness again, you know. It, we were we were all twenty somethings and and, and uh, you know living the metal dream around around the u.s and canada and luckily we got into canada and then out of canada <laughs> that was probably <laughs> that. that was probably a feat what what, what what type of venues when you're doing machine head what type of what type of venues was that at the time um we so i met them at berkeley square when i was a engineer at berkeley square. and uh we started we were doing uh, theaters and clubs and I think we did a couple festivals at the time. Yeah. And then uh, that tour, um, the last gig was um, at the Troubadour. And so I went back with the crew guys in the truck because one of my motorcycles was in there in the rehearsal space. So I had to go back with them. Um, said bus driver left us alone. So I, I had to book the the band flights home and everything like that. So I had to get back to get my motorcycle out before the guys finished all the gear. In. And uh, we ended up, we were say 30 minutes from home and uh, it was raining and a lady lost control of her van and she spun out and spun back into the vehicle that the, the, uh, the truck we were in. From, uh, and Basically, I had a concussion. Another guy got hurt. There was like three of us in the cab. Oh, like no. that. Yeah. So, so you know, at that point, I think what was going on, um, Machine Heads went. They weren't going back out because again, they had already lost uh, Chris Contos at the time. He, he, matter of fact, he didn't do the tour. But I love man, love when that guy was there. We had another, another guy. Then by the end of it, we had already was on our second drum or something like that. And then um, I just got really serious about being at the Fillmore and the Warfield and, and things of that nature. And then I was working with another band at the time, uh, uh, this band called Release, uh, out of the Bay Area. Another uh, metal, kind of dark, heavy 
band and I was I was really uh, doing a lot of stuff with some sub stuff in the studio with those guys as well as being their front house guy. I really dug their sound as well. So I'm sorry I kind of backed out of I, I will reach behind me and pull out probably five albums of Bay Area metal, like Bay Area <laughs> thrash metal. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be the person I was today. Violence. Nice. Uh, their first nice. their first band testament nice exodus slayer i mean slayer moved yep. to la but all those bands like yeah. they formed my all life came, all came through the all came through the berkeley square while i was there you know what i mean like i mean being at berkeley square like i was there when corn's album hadn't even dropped yet uh rage against machine had just dropped like we, we did a, a record release party there. like nobody wow. was there you know, I mean, that's so uh, cool. Talk about uh, Tool. Nobody. I mean, the, the, I still remember the bill. It was Tool, Rust, and Failure. Oh, Jeez. Rust, Rusty oh. Tool, Failure. Yeah, I mean, just just put it all together. Failure is another one of my comical. my actual screen name for my Instagram account is Saturday yeah. Savior. Yeah, which is Failure. Oh, man, Ken Andrews, baby. Man, <laughs> yeah. Talk talk about how they recorded that. Oh my God! Yeah, on a Mackie. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. What a great sounding album still. So the Warfield. We'll talk about that for a second since yeah. we're still in that era. Yeah, I remember going in there and them having to lift my XL4 up to the balcony, <laughs> and I just stood there with my hands over my eyes the whole time. But the Warfield was always one of the most, int- like you said, interesting or good interesting shows yeah. i had on tour always and i always love going back there because the people are brilliant the the venue is yeah. classic and how was it being the house person there was it difficult or was it like how, how did you feel being the house person at the warfield well i came over um because of the band release like you said uh there's uh, the bass player for release was a. Uh, a good became a really good friend of mine and he pulled me over like the guys would come over um chris trukri would come over to berkeley square and hear release and everything like that so they pulled me over and i started at the warfield as, as just one of the crew guys loading trucks and i happened to be in the truck they all knew i did audio now, right and and again that was you know the Warfield without a system so we you know it was always systems coming in or you know, hold on tours or whatever and uh so I kind of graduated really quick. I mean, like instantaneously, they started, you know, putting me on, on the audio crew call. So here's the thing about that list. When I started, we would have to carry your XO4 up the stairs. Oh, no. Like 15 yeah. crew people Dark. dragging it up, dragging it out, dragging it across that balcony. So be lucky. <laughs> That you watched it go up on that lift yep. <laughs> when that when that happened. That that was obviously clearly a, a game changer. Um, the Warfield is where I met the, the the people from Sound on Stage. You know, um, doing an Ice Cube show. You know, yeah. helping them out and and get, getting to where Ice Cube is super happy. And they're like, oh, we gotta hire this guy. You know, and so. Um, but the, the Warfield and the Fillmore, again, that was all under uh, Bill Graham and uh, under AKG at the time, yeah. really. Yeah, iconic, other iconic venues with iconic, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So 
the the thing about like the majority of that crew at that time were still some of the same crew that worked at, at the Fillmore. So it just depends on you know which gig was happening, which took precedent, and obviously you know we split split accordingly, right? So um, if it was you know a, 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 like a full on band, or this is say like we had a Jerry show, we would just load in until the carpet went down and we would just get out of there. You know what I mean? Because there's ultrasound coming in. And again, we knew when the carpet went down, it's time to go. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> but the stories of that place, I mean, you know, you talk about the, the heyday of San Francisco and the underbelly and, you know, the speakeasy and, oh man, just this epic amount of stories that go on there. I mean, we talk about the neighborhood, which has always been interesting. Tenderloin uh, is interesting. Know, 20, <laughs> 26 Taylor Street, baby. <laughs> how, how much, how often were you mixing on, or at all, mixing on a gamble, being in, being on Sound Stage and that whole San Francisco scene? I mean, there had to have been gambles in that area still sticking around. Yeah. Um, so, as as far as what came in there, like if something came in there from Ultrasound, definitely, was, you know, it was going to be a gamble. Um, then we got the kind of interesting versions at the at the at the Fillmore. Uh, I, can, I can't say they were real gambles, but it was. Oh, what does that? Wait, 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 wait. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, uh, let's keep pushing. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, so for so the behind the scenes I, episode when we record afterwards, we're, we're gonna we're gonna divulge yeah, into that. Sure. All right. Cool. 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 <laughs> sure. 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 So okay. So if you see there uh, uh, on that. Uh, you know, the body of work there, uh, I got called to, to go uh, and mix monitors with Tracy Chapman because I was one, a non-smoker, non-drink, basically straight edge. Basically, she didn't want anyone smoking, really. She didn't want anyone, you know, breathing under mouth, mic with cigarette smoke and, and you know, smell like uh, things like that. So Derek Featherstone uh, from Ultrasound uh, called me and, and uh, that's what I took out was a gamble. Mm. So that was my... Uh, EX56 My or, first, or, or, or uh, no SC I think it was SC32. Oh, okay. And then, and oh, you were doing, no, oh, you were doing you monitors. You were doing monitors. Yeah, okay. I was doing monitors. Derek, Derek, Derek Featherstone was our was our uh, TM PM and front house engineer. So, cool. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I got to do that, and then uh, we did uh, we, we opened up for Whitey Ford. And I think that's they had a yeah we we had I was with a band uh, this gentleman called Khalil, and I think we had gambles on that and and that's where I first met like Pooch, and he was doing monitors for Whitey Ford, and uh, so AKA um, Everlast. Yep, exactly. I think, I think um, Sam also might have a fangirl question on the Tracy Chapman side questions. of things. Yeah, <laughs> I always yeah, have fangirl yeah. questions, but even yeah, and then, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say even apart from that, like just kind of. Listening to you talk about your career, you just you have the biggest smile on your face. You are talking about everything so endearingly. What have you done to keep enjoying it? Hmm. Good question. You know, everyone always asks, like, you know, about the artist, right? And, you know, do you have a blast or you know, or this artist, that artist, or whatever? For the most part, I've had great crews. And those are the people that you hang with the majority of the time, right? I mean, I've got endearing friends 
from each one of those, even even machine editors, we probably still stay in top with. You know, like I, I I probably could give Rob a call right now. I mean, we were, we ended up on really good terms. You know, uh, and a couple other guys too. You know, so um, um, you know, there's there's something about it. Last relationships, obviously the music, the experience. Uh, you know, uh, you know whether I've been at front of house or or monitors, just seeing people just smile and rock. You know, rock with it, bob their heads, and you know the energy, whether it's on stage or, or again out the house, and just watching everyone, you know, have a smile. I mean, it, that just brings a smile to me, and it brings back those little moments for like you know the kid looking across the room and seeing the big afros, uh, you know, the Commodores <laughs> out. You know what I mean? So, you know, it all it goes back to all of that, just having a blast. Uh, trying to advance with the, with the technology that's out there and, and trying to stay up on it. And, and, you know, whether, again, whether I'm at monitors and then seeing like, you know, everybody look left and give smiles instead of, you know, some other gestures, <laughs> flying drumsticks, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, whatever, flying fingers and that or whatnot, <laughs> you know, those, those, those are good things. And again, it's just, uh, you know, great memories of, of all those 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 artists and, and just funny moments, you know. Like let's just go back to Roberta Flack for a second. So. Please. Um, I I I got pulled into that. Uh, I was a fill-in for a fill-in, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it was a friend of mine who was a real monitor engineer, and then my buddy who pulled me in was her monitor engineer. But he went to do for the house the gig he brought me in. And then, so it just became this run on thing where she's like, like, you know, she would just drag out my name and just like, Marianne. and I'd be like, mom. And she hated me calling her mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know what else to call you, lady. <laughs> You're old enough to be my grandmother. But no, she was, she was, again, you talk about great songs and very hilarious moments uh, with that camp too. So you've done two long stints, um, uh, the uh, Latin Grammys uh, as a monitor engineer, monitor stage tech uh, since 2006, and the uh, Latin mm-hmm. Billboard Awards since 2003. Um, so mm-hmm. a couple things there. First off, um, how did you fall into that Latin world? Um, and then two, um, talk about the experience of being uh, or uh, what it's like to be a modern engineer on an award show where you have 30 other engineers who are walking up to your desk and uh, and how much you do or don't relinquish control and and things like that or yeah so yeah those yeah. Two, yeah, two different things there so me moving to Miami I, and I moved to Miami for my then fiance and uh, I got exposed almost immediately to this market I never saw coming like this other Latin style market. You know what I mean? Like me coming from the, you know, San Francisco or the Bay it's like, you know, used to go to a bunch of burrito spots and, you know, then it did up came to a point where it's like, okay, I'm outside the city. I'm outside San Francisco. This burrito failed. That burrito failed. Okay. I'm going to shift the tacos and get a little older. Can't, you know, People just pile in too much rice, but anyway. So <laughs> just a segue out of that. We'll, we'll <laughs> so come back to tacos later. It's like, yeah, the, 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 that thing. So I get into this this market, and a great friend of mine, um, uh, Rafi Alkins. I met him on ah, on a gig from Mig, from Mig, right? 
Rafi Rafi no. is independent. He's independent, okay. but he's still he's still with the, all those particular between Univision and Telemundo, which Telemundo has the billboards. Univision does Latin Grammys and uh, uh, PJ and Premier Lefebvre, and then there's Llamas, and there's just some. There's quite a few of them, right? And then, um, uh, so I met Rafi uh, literally doing a gig on Miami Beach in the sand. And we were frying. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll just kind of cut the chase. So Rafi pulled me in and uh, we started doing some shows together. He pulled me, he was actually, at the time, he was still Ricky Martin's monitor engineer. And so he pulled me on tour. I was basically a monitor tech and he had a Paragon uh, uh, P1. Yeah, I think so. And so he would mix for Ricky and I would mix for the band. And then, so uh, the, my first thing was, I believe, billboards. And so they had me become, they're like, do you want to mix or you want to be the monitors? Like, like I said, well, what, is, what, are you, what are you trying to, oh, we need you to really not, it's not about setup, it's about interacting with the artists and being quick enough to get mixes together for whoever's driving the console. Yeah. And I said, I want to be that person because that's the interaction, that's where it's, it, it's whoever's going to be at the desk. Is 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 your 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 hands right? This is before iPad apps and all yep. those other kind of things like that. So, we're, but you have to be able to communicate with people really fast. And my thing was, I can do that. I can say, go, you know, in my, my broken Spanish or whatever. And I'm listening, and I'm literally paying attention to to to, to mixes. And so I go, you know, I'll just say, hey, whoever's at the desk, just go a little bit more like this. The, the key thing, like you said, is. You're dealing with a lot of artists, and you've got a short window of time before now because they, especially Latin, you got dancers and choreography and this set flying in, and they got to go to this set like that. So you got to get ears on them fast. And sometimes I, I kind of take over from their person. Like I'll let them put their ears on if they're fast with it. Other than that, it's like they, they, I kind of got to know a lot of the engineers. And like you put their ears on, I'm gonna give them a pack. I'm gonna look at them, and I'm gonna have you sing real quick. And we're gonna because you know the schedule is always like sound check. <laughs> they don't. They no. It's it's more about camera blocking and, and blocking for for these dancers or this set piece or this swing or you know and things like that. And so I just get in there with the artist, and it's like I could you give me 30 seconds of something, you know. I can dial in your mix and just and be out of the way. And then I'm one of those who I'll say, hey, I'm right either down here in front while we're doing rehearsals and, and I'm listening to your mix or I'm off to the side like, over there. And they, you know, give me a thumbs up and I can, and then, and I can hear when things get pitchy or, you know, things like that real quick, yeah. as opposed to the person necessarily driving it because you know they're listening to everything else but i'm listening to certain things right? so i'm really trying to focus on those minute things where they're getting pitchy or they're, they're losing time right and and it's like okay hey whatever it's got time find that or you know if i could listen real quick and i like push that for yeah. them, you know or like here where they're just losing a little bit it's either give them a little bit of warmth or, or you know things so it's again it's all those little things that i still like to do as if I was on the console, concentrating on that one person. Yeah. 
you know. So that's that's how I, I, I approach that. that what what, all right, what advice what advice do you give? Right. So um, obviously engineers who have been around for a minute who have come to award shows or whatever they they know the relationship and dynamic of you being the house person, right? But what advice do you give maybe to an up and coming person who is who is riding that person who just broke on TikTok or whatever who shows up at your Billboard Awards or the Latin American Music Awards or whatever, um, and um, and they haven't experienced someone like you or whatever who is the house engineer. What do you need from them, and what um, how should they communicate to you? What should they relinquish to you versus how much should they hold to the chest to try to do? What, what kind of advice do you have there? I just you know you come in uh, one try try to get there earlier. Be proactive. That's that's my thing on those shows is is sometimes I'll, I'll reach out. Okay, like you know they may advance with the A one, but sometimes all the pertinent information doesn't really get there. You know the, the you know really nailing down and say okay we need this mic and of course we need ears or whatever or whatever's going on, but they don't tell you like okay. You know, if someone comes in and say, okay, does your, does your, your person use reverb? Do they use delay? Do they use auto-tune? You know, it's, it's especially now, again, the reggaeton movement is a lot of people with auto-tune, like how much? Or you have your auto-tune person. You know, some of that still gets uh, put on, you know, the, the sound company in A1. Are they bringing it? But sometimes they, you know, within certain markets, they don't disclose all, everything. Sure. You know, so... Again, just kind of being around in there, I, I've known to just go much further because I know how I advance my shirts. Like, I may not be the front of house on Lionel's gig, but I'm pretty much in every advance because I want to know that X, Y, and Z are done. Now, now our, 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 our tech from Sound Image is a great, great, great guy. You know, he's got so much on his plate that he's looking at one picture. I'm looking at like a, a whole nother picture. Right. So and and it's something I've done because I had to do the TM and the PM and the, and and be the engineer. I want to try to talk to the engineer on site, not just the production manager or Joe Schmo in the shop or whatever. I'm trying to, if I can, talk to the people that are going to be on site. And if that doesn't happen, get me as close as that person as I can. So I flip that. And go, okay, can I do this on this side? Okay, hey, I'll reach out and say, do you know their engineer? Do you know their production manager? Do you know? And, and I'll reach out to that. So I'm saying, as you're coming in, even if you're not the production manager, you're the audio person because you know what your artist needs, try to reach out. There's, there's so, always going to be some way to reach out. And again, come in, if you come in earlier, have a conversation then we can implement your, your things as, as best we can in a timely manner. Um, you're not going to be able to touch the console. And I mean, you know, but now with iPads, we can sometimes let you tweak things with an iPad, sure. you know, as long as, you know, someone's on the desk still. It's, 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 it's not every, you know, uh, artists. It's, you know, some, you know, trusted, you know, engineers that we con you know, we'll constantly see and things of that nature. But, you know, um, I've gotten so busy lately between between my last couple of years with Mariah and TLC and now Lionel that I had to back away from, from the Latin shows. But I still do a couple of them um, and with other Latin artists, actually, where, where I am the guest, 
you know, that's coming in. And so I know what to do. It's like, again, I, 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 I matter of fact, uh, I did a couple of shows last year with this other uh, gentleman, Tiago PZK, and I came in and everybody's like, hey, they're in. They thought, they thought I was working the show. I mean, artists were coming to me and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Your guy's over there. Your nice, gal's over funny. there. She has your ears. He has your microphone, you know. And, and But, you know, again, it's all love, right? Um, and it's great to see those people. But, you know, I, I came in early. I, I, you know, I, I reached out and I said, okay, who's doing what just to have an idea? So, therefore, I was, you know, approaching the, the, right, the right person with, you know, my concerns. It's like, okay, uh, one of my friends was, you know, handing microphones. One of my friends was doing ears. One of my friends was driving the console. You know, one of my other friends was doing the, the auto tune up there, you know. And so, yeah, just reaching out and making sure you're just being proactive. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, and then give it, a, give, it a, give it a rest. Give it a beat because if they're in the moment, you know, just let it, let it fill itself out at that point. But, but stay on site. Stay vigil. You know, stay, stay, stay you know, just visible that point don't go taking off because you feel like you know we've got it all covered you know so that's great advice thank you and, I, and, I've, and i've and i've watched that happen by the way yeah. i've watched someone come in they're getting paid to be there and they go oh these 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 folks got it well plus I, yeah okay. i have to imagine like in the moment right like especially like if you're an up-and-coming engineer you're an up-and-coming artist that you're working with you're like holy shit i'm at the whatever award show this is amazing i'm in miami yeah. i'm in wherever like you know like i could see oh, how this, it'd be enticing this, 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 to, this thing oh yeah <laughs> this thing hey here's me yeah. and bad bunny I, the cell phone yeah, instagram yeah. videos just, yeah just just put that down <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's there's moments for that later yeah when you're when your artist is done you know yeah so go ahead chris we can say it I think Sam was something. Yeah, so talking about all this cool tech with just, I mean, even having like auto-tune techs and these iPads, these consoles, everybody, how have you gone about picking the tech you use with each artist? Like, how are you determining those tools? Because you've had so many different tools over time, and this industry just keeps constantly changing. I mean, we've gone from talking about gambles to clang in the span of 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, some of it's budget. Let's be real. You know, if there's a production manager or a tour manager or a management that's asking you to do certain things, and sometimes it's, it goes down to budget, right? Um, and there's definitely the tools I, I love to use and I like to use and I want to use and stuff that, again, it's like, okay, am I going to have time? Am we going to have rehearsals? You know, sufficient rehearsals to try this other thing out and, and you know some artists like say say like the lino camp it was established already. you know it was already moving you know I, I i literally got there even even though it was the start of that run of the residency that machine was already well oiled so it wasn't like me coming in and going oh, i'm just gonna throw everything out and then you know it, there was already things were there, and luckily the things that were there, you know, I, I love using, you know, and I've since implemented a few other things, but you know, uh, and, and luckily they 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 paid off. Um, so it really comes down to, you know, budget, um, understanding those things again, because I've had again, I've had to wear the management hat and understanding that this artist is at this tier. Okay, what can we do to be consistent? 
Okay, so when he's speaking of consistency, so um, my production manager who pulled me on to Mariah, I was coming off of, I was actually winding up a tour, my very first tour since my daughter was born, my like real tour uh, with Jesse McCarthy. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of, again, what was great about the Latin shows in Miami, you know, from uh, mixing, uh, being house for Bea um, uh, Latina and, and, and these other programs that Univision and Telemundo have, and as well as doing their, their, their award shows, was I got to go home every night, you know. Uh, the award shows, we stayed at a hotel, but again, local, pretty much. Right? So to do the first tour um, since my daughter was born was, was Jesse McCartney, and I had to uh, coax my wife into doing that one. And then so I get a call uh, from uh, a good friend. We, we did some other stuff together prior, and we've been, she's been trying to get me to do a bunch of different things with him. And uh, he was like, Hey, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm about to go home. We just sort of wrapped up our last day here. And he goes, no, you're going to meet me in Atlanta and uh, I need you to do this thing. And I'm like, what's this thing? He's like, I'll tell you when you get here. <laughs> and that was Mariah Carey. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's to sum it up. There were some other conversations in between there before that. And then, you know, we took a little break and then we headed off to, to, uh, to Japan and Asia. That's how I started there. So, Coming out of there, we, due to some management stuff, uh, he started with TLC and, and it, he, he called me and uh, knowing that I left the MC camp uh, due to some management uh, decisions. Call politics. Mismanagement, mismanagement decisions. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. It was, that was a, that was a very interesting experience and, and, and no, I wasn't there when uh, the New Year's Eve. <laughs> For the record, oh. Lorraine and I, Lorraine and I, we, we, we were pre-conferencing about this, uh, you know, this 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 episode. I don't know, six months ago. <laughs> uh, I'm obviously very close to the MSI family who does Times Square New Year's yeah. Eve. And one of the questions I asked offer, I was like, "Hey, so this whole the whole Mariah lip sync thing or whatever misalignment in Times Square New Year's Eve, what happened there? Anyway, so let's not go there. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." I mean, I immediately, you know, when it went down, I was home uh, and a friend of mine uh, said he was going to watch it. Right. And I said, I'm not I'm not going to watch it because they decided to not take any of the engineers. Again, I was in front of house engineer, but occasionally um, for a few things, I actually mixed monitors for. So I knew what to do. So, you know, uh, my friend texts me and he's he's from Barbados and he goes, your girl's on fire, <laughs> and that doesn't mean fire. <laughs> like, that means yeah, like, not, good oh, yeah, yeah. not 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 a good thing. And so immediately, I I, I posted, you know, I said uh, checked in at home. I said Merry Christmas to everybody, Happy New Year, blah blah blah. And I said, you know, like don't know nothing, you know. <laughs> um, so, so that was a management decision, and um, that person really didn't understand what her people did for her, you know, the communication, speaking of communication, like the 30 seconds of knowing, you know, what an artist needs real quick. Again, I don't know what, what ultimately happened. All I got to say is this it was unfair for her to be out there. Uh, you know, you're mad, you know, mad, you know, mad square things coming off. I don't know what happened. Her ears, you know, uh, you know, it's, that's one of those tough things. You know, you're a singer, you're out in the cold, 
trying to get it right for millions of people around the world. Whatever happened, happened, right? And it just wasn't good. Yeah. And, and, and and thank goodness for, uh, like I said, Dick Park um, to reach back out to her the, the next year. And guess what? We we had our, you know, the her then monitor engineer went. And they asked me, do I want to go? I'm like, no, I'm good. As long as he's there, you know. And, and, and she did an excellent job, you know. And again, that that situation was it was it was a horrible life, you know. And, and, I, and I just I was crushed once I saw it. And I was like, Ugh, yeah, great, you know. And again, so um, going into where I was going with this is, um, he started with TLC, and he called me, and he goes, "Hey, man, I need you to come into TLC's camp." Look at this audio writer and send me the writer. And I was, it was just, it was, it was the writer was just a mess. It didn't like, it didn't make sense. It was there's stuff everywhere. And he goes, I need you to bring consistency to these girls. Mm. So that's literally how I went in. I go, okay, cool. Cause he understood. Like I say, okay, I'm going to put this, I'm going to clean this writer up and I'm going to put this brand of console on it because I could scale up, I could scale down, right? With the offline editors and things like that. And so that's how I brought consistency with it. Because I could scale up, still get the signature sound, scale down, signature sound. So whether it was it was TLC in the band, TLC in the tracks, TLC, whatever, whatever they were doing, those girls had the signature sound and so it was consistent for them every show. And that that's how I tried to, to bring that to you. So speaking of gear, that's that's what I'm saying I've tried to do, you know. It's it's great to have the latest and greatest and the fanciest thing. Sometimes yeah. it just doesn't, you know. If you're not going to get it the next show, you know, are, are you cheating your audience? Or are you cheating your your, your artists? So I think the big. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go. go ahead. Go. No, go ahead. Go. I, I, oh, I was going to do a fanboy thing. TLC does not is no mm-hmm. joke. Ninety five million records sold. Probably one of the the biggest trios of female singers ever in the history of music like um consistency and and this goes along with lionel and stuff and we really haven't talked about it that much is working with the md on presenting the music because obviously that's where everything starts at these groups level is you start with the md and start building your show off of their needs and wants because they're in direct communication um When you jump in and you're fixing stuff, is that your first go-to is go to the musical director, say, of TLC and start kind of mapping out how you're going to clean everything up? That was literally my, after talking to my production manager, I was like, give me the MD's number. He was the first person I called. Mm -hmm. He was literally the first person I called. I go, what's going on? (laughs) You know, like, what do you have now? And, and, and where are the holes? And we literally had a, like about say a 15 minute conversation, you know, and that's where I started. And, you know, when they got there, it was, it was just like, instant change. Like, okay, who are you? (laughs) All right. Okay. This is what we're doing now. All right. Good. You know? And, you know, when the band turns around and goes, you know, and you know, that's, it's just great about sometimes mixing monitors in front of house. You get that, you know, you're having that dialogue with the artist, yes. whether it's this 
or whether it's yes, this. you're getting a reward. Yeah. Record, a reward. That, that, so that was that was eyes or visual. That was yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Eyes or, <laughs> or, you, or you or you or you get the time to chat. You yeah. know, because sometimes you don't get the time to chat. You know that between press and this thing and that thing and meet and greets sometimes before shows. You know, I all I'm seeing them is you know either in the quick change throwing their ears on them and going, "Hey, how was your day?" Yeah. You know, and uh, you know check your mic you good cool i gotta you know especially because toc it's like chili's on one side of the stage to you on another side of the stage you know so i'm literally running you know between quick changes you good so i gotta go and, you, know, <laughs> next, you know one of them's telling me a story about something that day and i gotta go i gotta go to the other side of the stage you good sure, I gotta go. you know and then, then you get that and then freshman is going get on stage get on stage you know and uh, but it's it, you know it's just, it's just great you know, those moments and, and it's had a blast with those with those songs. And again, hearing those songs, it, you know, wasn't necessarily my music, but I, I remember the songs. My brother loved it. I mean, he was <laughs> in love with them. You know what I mean? I'm you know I had is your brother too, a scrub? It, it, <laughs> he is. He is. He is not. <laughs> We've all been what, called. What, 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 what was the What was the parody song? Oh, oh pa- not, listen. Um, neither what, one the of par- them. Do you remember, remember the parody song "Pigeon"? Like, so the the parody song to Scrubs was "I Don't Want No uh, Pigeons." Do you, do you remember? Do you remember that that, no, that song? That was a Philadelphia thing. No one else remembers that. That was, that was I, well, first thing, off. It wasn't Chris. Philadelphia uh, I, I at the time. Remember. There, I there is a parody thing. song to um okay. um to I don't want no scrub those no scrubs is I don't want no pigeons. Basically, a whole song about like the female side of things of like you know uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Hold on, I'll look anyway. Okay, <laughs> okay. Again. Uh, I was a little bit more of drop B. You know, one thing that has struck me tonight uh, in talking to you is um, in almost every artist that you've worked with, you have mentioned someone else and either how they got you there or relationships. So can you talk about the... Um, uh, what it is like to maintain relationships in this industry and how, I mean, like the last, I don't know, 20 years of your career, basically, and probably more than that. But I mean, we, we see Lionel, TLC, Mariah Carey, Justin McCurdy. You talked about this common thread of a person that had in, in the Latin Grammys or whatever that have, have gotten there. So mm-hmm. what is it like to maintain those relationships and what has that done for you in, in your career? I mean, that, that's everything in this business, right? I mean, it's, it's like it's so vast, and yet it's so small. You know, um, we joke even in Lionel Camp about, like, you know, people have not having friends or something like that. And you talk about, like, connections or things like that. Or, you know, the guys with Claim, the guys with Digico, the guys with, you know, Rupert Neve or something like that. The, you know, the people in Shore, you know, the, even, you know, with friends in Sennheiser, too. You know, I don't really use that much, so much anymore. But, but again, you still have a great relationship there. You know what I mean? And and whether that's the guitar tech for a club band that's that we're still friends, you know, to, to a friend of mine who was who did merch for Machine Head, we are still friends. You know, like I still reach out to those guys. We we still tell each other happy birthday. You know, if I'm in town, if I, if I happen to be in the Bay Area, you know, I try to try to get together and do something and you know, go get some tacos or something, you know what I mean? Like I, I still, again, much like Sam said, it's like I, I still 
revel with those relationships, you know, and again, like I remember good moments. I remember some heartfelt moments, you know, when we lost some people, you know, um, you know, it's, 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 it's life, right? I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is, but again, our, our business puts us, or this industry puts us across so many different paths, especially when you go out into it, right? It, or, or even if you're just a house person, there's so many people coming in. And if you meet people and you connect instantly, I mean, that's kind of how I got the gig at Berkeley Square. I brought in a band who I recorded at, at my school. And they were, uh, it was like one of their uh, showcase things, right? And I went into Berkeley Square, never mixed there before. I remember playing there in the band I was in. And the then house engineer said, man, I like your mix. I like your vibe. I need someone to alleviate some shifts. You want to get, you know, so while I was still going to school, that's how I started working at Berkeley Square, you know, and from Berkeley Square, my very first tour was actually Chuck Mosley, Faith No More, wow. uh, you know, his band Cement, yep. you know what I mean? Like, and, and again, we lost Chuck, you know, and that was a very, very painful situation. Like even how the tour ended was, it was we ended in a van accident Easter Sunday morning um out just outside of Tallahassee you know where Chuck broke his back you know and I still there's still some relationships from that I still have you know um you know that's a, that's a very tough one man I foresee I love that dude I love part two. what an amazing performer <laughs> you know I see I you I, know I, just what an amazing I that? totally foresee a part two because we haven't got to half the stories. Everything that has came out tonight is just podcast gold. It's awesome. So uh, on on that note, before we started recording, obviously we were talking about dads and daughters and uh, family and everything like that. Uh, a lot of things, especially looking through, there there isn't much gaps between what you do. And, and how do you handle your work-life balance now? Especially post-COVID. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, post-COVID, you know, again, I, I, I kind of left uh, my last major artist before my daughters were born was, was Sean Paul. And then so I stepped back from that. And uh, luckily, again, uh, landing in, 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 you know, the, the Latin world and, and just kind of running away with it, you know, and having a good time, that allowed me to be home, you know, again, i now I still had long days, but allowed me to be a dad, you know. And then, uh, you know, having her, you know, from the baby Bjorn, just you know, dad. When dad was home, she was with me. So the doctors knew me, you know, all the medical team, whatever. The the, the you know, going to the grocery store and and uh, there was a beach where we lived at, at like Hollywood Beach, like. She, she became, I mean, she was dubbed the little princess because we had a radio flyer. She had like this little tickle me Elmo and she would just be out there and all the snowbirds would be like, Oh my God, you know, whatever. So, you know, that, that allowed me to, to just be a dad and try to make that, those connections. Right. And then outside of that, you know, um, I just try to implement like, you know, we would, we would do jam sessions together, you know, and, and just try to bring her into my world outside of the gig. You know what I mean? So whatever we could do, like, you know, got her to be, you know, to, to paddleboard with me, even if she's just sitting on the board, you know, and things of that nature. So, you know, we, we talk about music now and it's just crazy that she'll show me something 
and it's it's a band that I used to love. And I'm like, oh my god, who told you who, who did that? One? You know what I mean? You know, I, I just remember the first time. Um, I think uh, I, she, you know uh, she was in my jeep. She's still in the high chair, and I just had like uh, I think I had Rammstein on like really low. I didn't want to scare her or anything like that. And she just goes, Daddy. Do turn it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and, and, I, and I, I just looked back and I was like, who's this little person? And then she started having a conversation. She was just talking about the conversation. She was like, and she was trying to listen to the lyrics really well to try to translate it. And she goes, so what is that? You know, she was just breaking it down. And I, again, I was just looking back going, oh my God. Okay. All right. So I said, okay. From that point on, it was just like, whatever I could feed her musically it was awesome. So again, you know, you, you mentioned it's like, you know, does, does, does she, does she have the hate for me yet? You know what I mean? Or whatever. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's those days when it's like, you did your homework yet? You know, yeah. get in there and go do that. You know, like put the phone down. All right. Get to your homework. Cause if she doesn't get to her homework, I'm going to hear about it from my wife, you know? So, Again, just when I'm home, I try to just really be home with her. Like, like uh, you know, when I'm riding a motorcycle, it's somewhere that she can go. And again, homework's done, mm-hmm. then then she'll she'll roll with me, you know, and things like that. You know? So I just try to to have that communication, that dialogue with her. You know, again, with you know, I'm the one that helps her with math and science and stuff at home. And so again, we have that relationship together. And, and, you know, we, we, we try to do a very logical, it's, it's interesting because we do this very logical kind of conversation where I feel like we're kind of moving between being Star Trekkies and Star Wars fans because <laughs> they're both. And, 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 you know, like my dad's name is Leonard, my other brother, my, my additional name is Leonard. And, and she goes, Sometimes you come off like Leonard Nimoy, Dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like I go, what? She goes. Sometimes you get very stoic. It's, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You know, I'll deal with that. But that, but again, that's a that's a that's a home. Leonard's a good name. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and, and so is White it, it, because it, I'm going to go ahead and say we might be distant cousins. Because oh, that's right, Kyle. Fuck. I ah. my, my great times five grandfather was a uh, Peregrine yeah. White of the Mayflower first Englishman okay. born okay. in America. And I just found that out last yeah. year. I mean, my family, my family is, is very diverse. I remember going to a family reunion once and I thought I was in a mall <laughs> the very first time I was nine years old. And I literally looked around and I was like, are we related to that person? And I was just like, Okay, I'm, all right. I'm, just, I'm good with I'm this. just going to go out on a limb and say that we're related. You're yeah. my cousin. That's all there is. All right, cuz. Yeah. All right, cuz. <laughs> so other yeah. than you're in Kyle's family tree, what do you wish you knew when you first started? <laughs> Ooh, okay. This is, a, this is a really good one. And I think, I think, Ky, I think Chris, sorry, you, I think you guys touched on this with someone else before, but... Um, you know, I, I went into this one situation where we were doing rehearsals and it got along great, the band, and again, working with the technology. And then we got out there and then the, the, the name on the marquee was a single name. So the band was just hired guns. And we were all friends in rehearsals. Then 
the band started hearing the crowd cheer when they took their little solos. But there's still one person's name on the marquee. And we were all side fills and wedges then. And the side wheel fills were for that one person. So then they, they, they start asking for stuff. And I go, did you run it by the artist? And they're like, no, just, just do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then I just go, they started turning. And we were all, all on the same bus and everything. And it was this thing where it's like, I just started shutting down. I still did my gig, but I wasn't cordial about like, good morning, good nights. You know, I was, I was cordial to the sense like, you know, excuse me or whatever. And, you know, when we got to the gig, I was very, you know, focused mm -hmm. on the gig, but I didn't do it with a smile sometimes with, you know, certain people. And, and it took me, you know, some time. I talked to the MD who, who was the drummer and we had a great relationship and he saw what was going on. And he saw those people, you know, act that particular way. And, and he just said, you know, you just got to relax. And I was young and I was like, man, I was trying to get to that point where I could just mellow out and, and let it go. But it was like a daily, you know, just thrashing of really, we were all friends, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Now you guys want to be like a-holes every <laughs> single day. You know, and I'm like, why? But I go, talk to the boss and then all this could be opened up. But they, they would, uh, you know, they wanted me to take on this. Skip you know, you were taking the, you like, were taking the heat, the heat. Oh yeah. You know, and again, I was, and, I, and I was a monitor engineer. So, but the main artist loved what I did. That's all I got to say about that. It, it reminds me of that right? thing. I'm, I'm David Ruffin, and these are the Temptations. <laughs> you remember that? Hold on, did he just say? <laughs> so, um, since Michael couldn't be here, uh, who is the typical taco enthusiast on this show, um, I, I was actually kind of hoping he was going to be here because I wanted you two to kind of duel it out on your love for tacos and, 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 and compare that. Michael's so, love for tacos is like Taco Bell. Yeah. And I'm actually wearing a, oh. I actually am wearing a Taco Bell shirt oh. right now. Like ironically, oh. pure ironic. I, I swear. Oh. Right. Oh. All right. So Lauren, like you, yes. you have a, uh, you are known, um, not as much of an audio engineer as in there is not a Facebook post or text message or whatever <laughs> that is not followed up with like a taco, taco emoji or whatever. Let's eat some tacos. So, Okay. What? Where do you where do you think I'm going after we get off this thing right here? This is the, one of the best places is just down the street. Yes. Okay. All right. So well, all right. What's this is what we're getting to okay. is we are. Right. You can take us anywhere in the world. Where is your favorite taco place in the world? Favorite taco place in the world. See, that's a very loaded question because I'll, I'll that. there's. There, there's the there's the ambience right then there's there's the flavor mm. of what you're getting there's where there's has the, the trumple if it's a pastor or if it's a uh, uh, vegan chorizo that you love uh, with a with a blue corn corn the blue corn tortillas you know uh then there's the the again just where the ambiance is and it's like okay this is great what, what's going go down. for like 
but texture is there gonna be flavor texture the back side? texture and flavor if you're going for you said that and i was right, like oh right now you're like i am craving yeah. this flavor and texture right now where are you flying to and going or driving or walking to to go eat I, I, obviously my heart is always san francisco right but I'm going to say this, and this is very counter <laughs> of that. There's a place on Miami Beach called the Kiza. And speaking of vegan Teresa and blue corn, they, ha- they have it. And, and it's, it, is, it is so good. And, and I've turned this. So when I do uh, corporates, we do a lot of corporates on Miami Beach. And, and I've, I try to get the masses to go, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and uh, um you know, Vegas, there's a couple places there um, where everyone goes this. Okay. So that used to be my go-to, right? But now it's Apostora, which is the brother of Tacos El Gordo. Because remember, Tacos El, Tacos El Gordo used to be at Apostora. Yep. They had a fallen out and the mom said, you guys need to fix this situation. <laughs> so when everyone's piling into Tacos El Gordo, Stop on by Apostor because it's pretty much the same. It's usually slightly cheaper, I think it was. So I, I don't know about now. I think it's got to get lingua, the lingua. But the, talk about the lingua is talk about jam. The, I'm not even a fan of that stuff. Dude, try, try the, uh, I think it's the Molita that's there. Apostor Molita or the Chorizo Molita. So, and if you're talking about tacos, it's like two tacos. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, there you go. Man. Well, well my, yeah. my, my favorite restaurant in, in the U.S. Uh, is actually in Miami Beach. Uh, yeah. And it's Cuban. It's Saison. It's up on like 71st, 72nd, somewhere around there. On, okay, okay, uh, okay. Uh, and so North, North Miami yeah, Beach. Yeah, North Miami Beach. Because like, I, I do a lot of corporate gigs like the Fountain Blue. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. so we'll yeah. go right up to uh, Saison. And I will let it like I'm there for like four or five days. I'm eating there almost once a day. Uh, the entire time I'm there, um, and uh, they have this um, this guava cheesecake. It was just like my favorite dessert okay. from there, um, okay. and uh, just they everything, everything. Um, oh, that was the first time I had like the sweet, uh, the fried sweet plantains, like traditional yeah, plantains, Cuban, right? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, the, the course, place yeah. is freaking yeah. amazing. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, all right. So if you could, de- if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, how would you define that? Ooh, that's that's an interesting um, work related or not. Yeah, I, I just try to be someone that that people can count. You know, again, trying to be proactive. Uh, you know, on time, ahead of schedule, if possible, if all possible. Um, you know, a friend that's always going to tell people happy birthday, you know, um, and my phrase of that is happy air strong. So whether we cross paths once and we've connected or cross paths, you know, on a daily, I'm always nervous. Try to reach out to people like that because it's that little time that you can, you know, celebrate self, you know, and hopefully people will remember you, you know, and, um, you know, that's it, it. You know, we only have so many birthdays on this planet, so it's like you know, at least try to not acknowledge that. So that's that's my deal. 
you know, and I, and I always, so the taco thing, <laughs> let's see, go backwards. Yes. Okay. See, this is how I started. This is how I started again, burrito town, the Bay area, right? I, I started going out where I was, I'm a big express with me too. And I would get on my, I get on my, my bike on tour or my skateboard at one point. And my first thing was go to good, good express. And I'm like, okay, where'd I go for lunch? You know? And as you get older, it's like, okay, I can't do big plates of, you know, uh, Thai food again, or burritos. So that man, and of course, you know, the, you get over pizza. And I'm like, what can I do? And I'm like, oh, let me bring back some San Francisco. So let me go to try to find a Mexican spot. But then it's like, I don't want the burritos because the burritos don't match. That's how the taco thing is like. Again, do something like you get really good tacos. You get like two or three. And I'm usually set. That's how we we roll with it. So I always try to get some people to, you know, experience that little bit of happiness, you know, on tour. So there it is. There you go. Yes. Known for tacos and happiness. There you go. I'll sum it up for you. Awesome. Well, Lauren, I mean, I appreciate it. I agree. Uh, I think there's more we could have gotten into um, and or Kyle and I are texting on the side and we want to maybe line you up for Loose Connection Podcast because I think there's some avenues we could get out there. But oh, anyway. awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and, so, and, and given your schedule, it'll be a year from now. So, you know, we'll, we'll find time to. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. We'll see. I see. It's good problems I'm to I'm in have. and out until till the end of May and then we start the the European festivals and then we come back and do uh, the US tour with Earth Wind and Fire. Yeah. That's gonna be oh, that's right. Oh and yeah. um Oh my goodness! Oh, I'm I'm gonna come out and see that tour uh, because yeah. I know yeah. um, uh, the production manager from from Earth Wind and Fire and um, um, yeah, that's that's gonna be a good time. So cool. Yeah. No, thank you guys. Thank all of you guys for having. I know. Me. I know Great we've crossed paths at least once. I was probably a shitty house guy you know? when you were out with Machine Head. I was probably. I was probably the same. Uh, I was probably. <laughs> through a venue you were working warfield i looked at the dates i was definitely there with a few mm-hmm. bands during those dates mm-hmm. we've crossed yeah. paths yeah let's do this again one way or another we awesome. gotta sit and tell, tell more stories and, and awesome. hope maybe we awesome. can eat some tacos together next time hey that's some listen let's do this <laughs>